And we are live. Welcome to another episode of the JB Graphics Download. It's another hashtag late night with JB or JB Graph JB After Hours, whatever whatever you decide you want to call it tonight. Uh, caught a kind of a quick quickish episode. We're gonna do the D9 football playoff preview. Uh, there's only four games this Friday, so it shouldn't we shouldn't have too much to go over, but we'll go over some of the games that happened last week and week ten and some of the playoff stuff. So let's jump into it. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Um, I know it's a little bit late for everyone, especially everyone who has school tomorrow and especially the kids that have playoff games tomorrow. Crazy how fast those 10 weeks go by. And uh, we're, well, if you watched the post game show that I do on Friday nights after the games, you heard me read the scores. But we're going to go read over the scores again on how week 10 went. So we'll just start off with uh, the Holidaysburg-Dubois game, which Holidaysburg won 36-35. Port Allegheny beat Otto Eldred 60-12. Punxsutawney 27, Union AC Valley 7. Phillipsburg Osceola 56, Ridgeway 34. Kane 35, Bradford 27. Brockway 35, Cameron County nothing. Brookville 41, Belfont 3. Red Bank Valley, 47, Central Clarion County, 38. That was probably one of the biggest games, and we'll kind of dig into that a little bit later here. Carn City, 35, Clearfield, 27. Glendale, 49, Carmsville, 23. Keystone, 57, Monotaw, 12. So those were our District 9 games that happened last week in Week 10. And like I said, that Red Bank Central Clarion game was probably one of the biggest storylines we had last week in District 9 and in Week 10, just because we had a undefeated Central Clarion team that was 9-0 and that went down to Red Bank, and uh, you got a freshman quarterback for Red Bank and Braylon Wagner making his third career start, and he get, throws five touchdowns and helps Red Bank Valley with, a, I guess you would consider that an upset, just because you had a 8-1 and team versus a 9-0 and team, but definitely one of the biggest games that we had this week previous this past week in district nine so definitely a big game for Braylon and he was actually named the on d9 and 10 sports he had the mvp for them and he won the honors with going 16 of 24 for 279 yards and five touchdowns while also adding 23 yards on six carries i said on the show like that was definitely a big Big uh, statement for the freshman. I mean, you had, I think a lot of people were wondering how this freshman is going to do. I mean, your first start, the first start he makes was against a uh, really good Port Allegheny team, which they came a point short of winning that game. So that was his first start. Then he got his second start against, I don't even remember who they played the previous week after that. Uh, I don't know who it was. I can't think for it right now. I had it written down somewhere, but I can't seem to find where that's at, and I don't feel like looking for that. But anyways, last week was uh, probably his biggest test that the Red Bank Valley Bulldogs have had, and Braylon definitely showed up 
five touchdowns as a freshman against a really good team. I think that's a big statement saying that I think District 9 is still going to have to run through Red Bank this year, even though they're number two seed. And of course, you play at neutral fields in the playoffs once you get out of the first round. And you, you guys get what I'm saying there. I think Red Bank's going to be one of the top favorites there, along with Port Allegheny, not dissing Port Allegheny because they had a really big 60 to 12 win over Otto Eldridge. So I think there's a chance we could see another Red Bank Port Allegheny game, but we'll talk about some of the other teams that could possibly be on upset alert. So We'll get into that after we go over some of our players of the weeks we had. As I said, if you go on d9and10sports.com this week, they had listed Braylon Wagner as the MVP for the week. Uh, some of the additional players that they mentioned for player of the week uh, include Keystone's Tyler Albright, four catches, 56 yards, three touchdowns, with four carries, 57 yards, and one touchdown. And Keystone's Kyle Nellis, 13 carries, 170 yards, and three touchdowns. Brookville's Braden Kunzelman, six catches, 116 yards, two touchdowns. Returned a fumble, he caused 23 yards for a touchdown. And Noah Peterson from Brookville was 16 of 20 passing, 168 yards, two touchdowns, and ran for a touchdown. He also intercepted two passes on defense. Kane's Ricky Zampogna, I hope that's right. I know we interviewed him on the show, but that's like a... You don't really see last names that start with Z, but Ricky had 28 carries, 239 yards, three touchdowns, while also going five of eight passing with 97 yards and a touchdown. So shout out Ricky and the Kane Wolves for finishing the season off strong with a performance like that. Brockway's Jendi Coelho, 30 carries, 207 yards, three touchdowns. Dubois had two players listed here. Trey Wingard, 18 of 25 passing, 301 yards, three touchdowns. And Cameron Haynes, Cameron Hayes had eight catches, 211 yards, and a touchdown. So those were your D9 and 10 sports MVPs. As you've been following on the JB Graphics page, we also do a MVP. And we wrapped up our last regular season MVP this past week. And we went with a guy who had a really good week, even despite how the season went, showed up in the last game. We named Ricky Zampogna as the JB Graphics Week 10 MVP with his 200, or 239 rushing yards, three touchdowns, while also adding the five of eight passing for 97 yards on touchdowns. So four total touchdowns and three, 334, I think, if I did my math correctly on that. Probably not. I think I wrote it on the graphic that I posted. I'm going to double check just because I made the graphic and probably should remember that. But uh, 336. So I was really close with that. I'm not really good at mental math, if you guys realized with that. So Ricky was our Week 10 MVP. We're still going to continue doing the MVPs in the playoffs. So like this week, it'll be between the games, and we'll just call like the first round. MVP or well I guess it's not really the first round well I guess it is the first round I mean it's the semifinals for 2A and 3A and also the first round but well we'll figure it out maybe week one playoffs or first round I guess it would be considered first round so we'll just go first round playoff MVP we'll figure it out we'll see what see how everyone does but speaking of playoffs we had the committee finally decide on the playoffs that we had and there were some 
interesting shocks on there. I know Otto Eldred, who finished six and four, they opted out. Elk County finished seven and two, they opted out. And if you watched the last show with the conundrum that we had on all the playoff teams, I did find on a site that had all the PowerPoints listed for those D9 teams. I know they didn't really seed it by how the PowerPoints actually went. I don't think. No, I don't think they did. They didn't see it by PowerPoints. But just for reference, uh, Port Allegheny had 1340 PowerPoints. Red Bank Valley had 1370. So Red Bank obviously had more PowerPoints than Port Allegheny, but Port Allegheny still ended up as the one seed. So I think that was a that was probably a tough decision for the committee. You have Red Bank Valley beating Clarion, which was the only loss Port had, but the only loss Red Bank had was to Port Allegheny. So I think I feel like just because of the head-to-head matchup, I think that's why Port Allegheny got the nod on that. Brockway finished at six and four with 840 power points. They're the number three seed. Keystone had more power points than Brockway, but that they're the four seed. They finished six and four with 850 power points. They are the four seed. The five seed is Union. AC Valley, who finished five and five with 680 power points, and your sixth seed is Cowdersport at six and three, who had 770 power points. So, regardless of how many power points these teams had, that ultimately did not matter. And I feel like the committee definitely made the right decisions on their seeding. So, looking at the 1A playoff bracket, you have Port Allegheny and Red Bank getting a bye. And you have number three versus six, which would be Brockway versus Countersport, and the four versus five matchup, which is the Keystone Union matchup. So that's our class A. That's our class A look for this week in double A. Uh, it's only three teams that enter, which is I think everyone kind of saw the writing on the wall with that, and especially with Brookville capping out the season with a win, they kind of they. I don't want to say snuck into the playoffs, but they finished the season off strong to get into the playoffs. So Central Clarion finished nine and one with thirteen eighty power points. Carn City finished six and four with eight hundred and eighty power points, and Brookville finished five and five with six hundred and ninety power points. And the other three teams did not that did not make it. Montau finished two and eight, Ridgeway finished two and eight, and Kane finished three and seven. So those teams obviously weren't weren't going to go make the playoffs so they are out of it and it's going to be a three-team playoffs with Carn City taking on Brookville in their first round matchup which will be at Clarion University on Friday winner of that will get to play Central Clarion sort of the same story here we had we had uh in 3A we're moving on to 3A right now Clearfield finished at 7 and 3 with 960 power points Punksy actually finished second in power points with 770 and a 6 and 4 record and St. Mary's did not play in week 10. They finished 6 and 3 with 760 power points, but I think this is another thing with her if you look at the head-to-head matchup and St. Mary's won that earlier this season, St. Mary's got the nod on that. Those two will be playing each other in the first round. It will be at Dubois tomorrow night we got another St. Mary's Punxy rematch and actually all of the game, playoff games in District 9 that we have tomorrow are all going to be rematches so like I said we'll start off with 
we'll, we'll preview a little bit of these uh, single-A games. So, like I said, we had Brockway versus Cowdersport, which will be at Brockway. The winner of that will get Red Bank Valley next week. Whether that game is on Friday or Saturday, we'll probably figure that out maybe Saturday or Sunday afternoon, hopefully hopefully soon. And then number four, Keystone versus number five, Union AC Valley. That game will be at Keystone with the winner getting Port Allegheny. Now on the Brockway Countersport game, back to that real quick, Brockway won that regular season matchup 70-16. to 16. That was way back in, I think, probably like week three or four, I believe. So another rematch for Calversport in Brockway. And also we, had a re- we have a rematch with the Keystone Union game, which Keystone won the regular season game 43-7. to seven. So both games are rematches. Let's go back to the Cowdersport Brockway game. We'll kind of we'll get in a little in depth with some of the scores that they have, or some of the deep stats that I like to look at, especially going into games. Uh, let's see if I can find it. So, leading for we'll we'll do the team leaders for there. So right now for the rushing yard leaders, Ethan Ott for Cowdersport, 104.4 rushing yards per game, and Jendi Coelho has. 101.9 rushing yards per game. The passing game is definitely heavily favorited with Brockway, as everyone knows. Braden Fox has 210.6 passing yards per game compared to Gavin Ayers, Ayers however you want to. I hope that's right if you're watching or you guys know him. But 49.8 passing yards per game. Total yards per game, Braden Fox leads that also with 214.7 yards per game compared to Ethan Ott's 104.4. Defensively, the Rovers are read by Seth Stewart, who is averaging 7.4 tackles per game. And for Cowdersport, Bigo Brown, 5.4 tackles per game. Looking at some of the common opponents that they had uh, looks like Keystone, Smithport, and Cameron County were all common opponents between the two. Brockway was 3-0 against the teams. They beat Keystone, Smithport, and Cameron County, while Cowdersport only was able to beat Smithport and Cameron County. They look, they fell to Keystone. Looking at the overall records that we have, Cowdersport 6-3, Brockway six and four in the league matchup in their league. So the regions that they were in, Cowdersport was five and one, and Brockway was two and three. Brockway's four and one at home, while Cowdersport is four and one on the road. So that'll be interesting to see how that goes, especially with the tides kind of turning. I know that they played up in Cowdersport for that seventy to sixteen win that Brockway had. So We'll see if that kind of carries over, if that's if that's going to make a difference or whatever, just seeing how their record is at home versus away. And Countersport was 2-2 two and two at home, so they weren't really that great on the great on their own field, but away, that was definitely a different story. We're also looking at total yards per game, too. I didn't really mention that. Brockway is leading that 374. 4.5 yards per game compared to Cowdersport's 209. Points per game, 
Brockway averages 31.6, while Countersport averages 23.3. The thing that it looks like Countersport is leading in, they are averaging 1.6 sacks per game, while Brockway is over, only averaging 1.5. And Countersport's also, like we stated a little bit earlier, rushing yards per game significantly higher for, not really, well, not really significantly, but 164.4 to Brockway's 157. Now, I know Brockway has been kind of getting their run game rhythm in, so I think with how Brockway's been the last couple weeks, they're definitely a threat moving into this playoffs, especially with how close they played Red Bank a couple weeks ago. That's the game that they played that Braylon uh, Wagner played against. That was the one that I was trying to figure out who they played. So Braylon has started against Port Allegheny, Brockway, and Central Clarion. I'm glad I figured that out on my own. So that, that's some of the stats and stuff that we're looking at with uh, Brockway and Countersport. Now we can kind of go into uh, some deeper statistics here with uh, team scorings per quarter. Uh, per quarter in the first quarter, Countersport averages 6.6 .6 points in the first quarter, while Brockway averages 4. However, Brockway edges out Countersport in the second quarter with 9.6 points scored in the second quarter compared to Countersport's 5.1. And then in the third quarter, looks like Countersport has a 9.1 to Brockway 6.8, and Brockway closes out the fourth quarter 9.8 to 5.6. And we did read all those stats with Brockway averaging 31.7 and Countersport 24.4. So there's some numbered analytics on there for everyone. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not too familiar with all the guys on Countersport, unfortunately. That's a little bit out of the JB Graphics coverage area. I know our collab team kind of coverages a lot of the southwestern regions of District 9, and the north schools are kind of hard for our team to kind of get up there. I mean, Allison's the closest to, probably the closest, but she's in Johnsonburg, Ridgeway area, so that's kind of tough for her to get out to Countersport, which is, I think, everyone who's played Countersport, if you're not in the northern area, if you're one of our schools that we normally cover, you know that Countersport's definitely definitely a longer trip than most would like to admit. But there you have That's some of the numbered statistics that we have for the Brockway Countersport game. We'll move on to the other 1A game that we have, which is the Union AC Valley Falcon Knights versus the Keystone Panthers. This game, I feel like, could be a toss-up. I know that Keystone won that Union AC Keystone won that Union AC Valley game earlier this season. That was like way early in the season. So I know Union's been playing a lot better lately. I know they dropped their last game to Punxsy, but I feel like this game's going to be one that could go either way. Uh, looking at this, like a lot of the stats are like super super close to each other. I mean, in the conference for Union AC Valley, they're 3-3. Three and three. At home, they're 3-2. and two. In a way, they're 2-3. And, and overall, 5-5. Five and five. Points for 200. Points against 272. For Keystone, their overall record is 6-4. and 3-4 and four conference record. 3-2 and two at home and 3-2 and two away. Points for 296, points against, points allowed 190. Uh, if we look at also the team scoring averages, also before I continue on further with this, if anyone's asking where I'm getting all these 
numbered statistics. Uh, you can just look up on Max Preps, and I'm actually just looking at the team preview for these games. And so if you want to look up some of these head-to-head -head matchups and stats or whatever, all the stuff that I'm reading out to you now, if you want to go back and look at some more of the stats or even some of the teams that aren't playing this week, you can definitely check that out on Max Preps. So shout out Max Preps, who has all the stats. I know they're not a sponsor of us, but shout out Max Preps. Maybe we can get something, someone to work on that for us. Hashtag sponsor us, please, maybe. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we'll move on to the team stack comparison. Uh, Keystone edges out UNIAC Valley with 219 rushing yards compared to... 133.8 from Union AC Valley. Passing yards, both of these teams are obviously not big passing teams compared to like the Brockway stats that we read. Keystone's averaging 96.2 passing yards a game, while Union AC Valley is averaging 92.1. Total yards per game goes to Keystone with 315.5 to Union's 225.9. Points per game also goes to Keystone with 29.6 to 19.3. Now, looking at the team leaders, which I think we can assume that we're going to be watching these players this week, Kyle Nellis leads Keystone in rushing yards with 125.6 yards, and Union AC Valley is led by Dawson Camper with 67. Passing yards, we got some young quarterbacks. Drew Keth averages 62 passing yards per game. And Brody Dittman averages 72.2. The total yard leaders, Kyle Nellis will leave that at 140.3, and Brody Dittman has 91.1 total yards per game. On the defensive side, we can look at Aiden Sell from Keystone, who averages 88.7 tackles per game, and Luke Wilson on Union AC Valley with 6.8 tackles per game. Common opponents, Union AC Valley and Keystone, they had common opponents of Brockway, Kane, Red Bank Valley, Port Allegheny, Smithport, and Ridgeway. Union was four and two against those schools, while Keystone was two or wait, Union AC Valley was four and two while Keystone was two and four against those teams. So Union beat Brockway, they beat Kane, they lost to Red Bank Valley. Port Allegheny, and they beat Smithport and Ridgeway. Keystone, on the other hand, they lost to Brockway, they beat Kane, lost to Red Bank, lost to Port Allegheny, beat Smithport, and then that early season loss they had to Ridgeway early in the season. So common opponent-wise, it looked like both teams have gotten a taste of the two best teams in the single A. They both lost to Port Allegheny and Red Bank, which are, like I said, they're the top two teams in the 1A bracket, and Brockway, they both got a taste of playing Brockway, which they could see depending on how all the seedings and stuff go. But the last thing we have is the record breakdown overall. I think I've said it probably a couple times already. Keystone finished 6-4. and four. Union AC Valley was 5-5 five and five. in their league. Union was 3-3. Three and three. Keystone was 3-4. and four. Common opponent. Union holds the edge with a four and two, while Keystone was two and four. At home, Keystone is three and two, while away Union is two and three. So that's our 
that's our stat analysis for the Union AC Valley versus Keystone game. We'll move on to the double A side, which is the six and four Carn City Gremlins versus the five and five Brookville Raiders. And Brookville's been, I think you could say Brookville's back maybe. I know they had a really slow start to the season, and I think a lot of people may have been writing off Brookville, but a win last week, I know they dropped that Thursday game to Punxsy, but they started off 0-3, oh, 0-3, and, oh, and, and then they won their last four of, hold on, I just had an ad play, which was super loud, and that's what kind of scared me there for a second. Um, uh, where is it? I just lost it. I just had the page that I wanted. There it is. So Brookville started off 0-3, got their first win against Monotone, then lost another one. So at the time, they were 1-4. They go on a three-game win streak, beating St. Mary's, Bradford, Carn City. And then they lost a Thursday night game against Punxsutawney, and then finished off with a win over Belfont. So they finished the season winning four of their last five which got them the 5-5 five and five record and the three seed in the playoffs. Now, I did mention that they did beat Carn City earlier in the season, 34-7. to seven. That was on October 14th. So there's definitely going to be some, There's like I said, this is going to be a rematch. So it's, I think that'll be pretty interesting between those two. I don't know why these ads keep playing on max preps. Anyways, uh, we'll go back. We'll go through these data analysis on here also. So for Brookville, Brookville is, like I said, five and five. In their conference, they're four and three. At home, they're three and two. Away, they're two and three. Points for 198. Points allowed 166. For Carn City, overall six and four, conference five and three. At home, they're five and one. Away, they're one and three. Points for two eighteen. Points allowed one seventy nine. Looking at the data analysis, Carn uh, City edges out Brookville in points scored per quarter, except for the fourth quarter. They're both tied at three point five points per quarter in the fourth quarter, but. Carn City averages 21.8 points per game, while Brookville averages 19.8. So definitely close with the scoring there. If we move down to the team stack comparison, Carn City averages 217.2 rushing yards per game, while Brookville averages 163.6. Passing yards per game goes to Brookville at 119.9, compared to Carn City's 91.2. Total yards per game goes to Carn City, 308.4 to 283.5. And tackles per game goes to Carn City also at 65.1 to 54.7. Team leaders on between the two teams. Rushing yards per game, Jackson Zimmerman averages 122.5 and Luke Kramer 63.5. Passing yards per game, Easton. 
Belfor, Belfior, Belfore, Bel. I, I I apologize if I messed that name up, but Belfiore. Bel. We'll go with Belfiore. Someone can please please correct me if I am wrong with that. He averages 134.3 passing yards per game, while Eric Boer averages 74.7, and Boer also leads them with 101.1 total yards per game, and Zimmerman from Brookville averages 128 even. Defensively, tackles per game goes to Jake Knapp at 7.5, while Luke Kramer averages 11.5 tackles per game. And let's see, let's look at common opponents. Common opponents between Carm City and Brookville include Dubois, St. Mary's, Monotaw, Central Clarion, Punxsy, and Bradford. So Carm City lost to Dubois in the first week. Brookville also lost to Dubois. Carm City beat Carm City. They beat Monotaw, lost to Central Clarion. They beat Punxsy and Bradford, which is their four and two. While Brookville was three and three, they lost to Dubois. They beat St. Mary's, beat Monotaw. They lost to Central Clarion, lost to Punxsy, but they beat Bradford. Three and three for them. Record breakdown, like I said, Carn City is six and four. Brookville's five and five. The league, Carn City is five and three. Brookville four and three. Head-to-head, Brookville owns that with the 1-0. Common opponent will go to Carn City at 4-2 compared to the 3-3. Carn City is better at home, 5-1, while Brookville is 3-2 at home. And away, Brookville is 2-3, while Carn City is 1-3. So since this is a neutral site, I I think we can assume both teams are going to be on the road. it's really good. Well, I think Brookville's a little bit closer than Carn City is, but it's a nice center point for those teams. Uh, so I, I don't know. It looks like that Brookville definitely plays better on the road, and especially since they beat Carn uh, City earlier this season. I believe that game was... Let's see where that game was at. I can't remember if it was in Carn City or at Brookville. Let's find that out real quick. They were at Carn City. So I think... With the momentum that Brookville has, uh, I'm not going to make any picks on this. You can check out my picks on the D9and10sports.com site. But I, I feel like Brookville might have the edge on that this week just because they already beat them on the road and they have a lot of momentum on their side. But that's our that's kind of our stat recap for Brookville. And our last one before we wrap the episode up, we got the 3A matchup between the 6-4 and four Punxsutawney Chucks versus the 6-3 and three St. Mary's Flying Dutch. Now, I know that uh, St. Mary's didn't play last week, and Punxsy kind of has some momentum on their side. It's been a while since we've seen a semifinal game in 3A. Normally, I can't remember the last time that we had a game before that, but it's normally always been either St. Mary's or Punxsy that gets to play Clearfield in the championship game, but with both teams having really good seasons, especially Punxsutawney, to see them in a playoff contention with a chance to make the title game, that's really big for their program. Uh, St. Mary's was there last year against Clearfield, but there's a chance that we could see maybe a different different uh, 
District 9 3A championship matchup. I think St. Mary's was also the year before that also. So I, they probably could have been there the year before, but I didn't dig that deep into the stats, unfortunately, for everyone. So sorry about that. Uh, Keith, where, where we'll go? We'll start at the start at the records and stuff. So Punxsutawney is 6-4, and four, St. Mary's 6-3, and three, like I said. Punxsutawney's 4-1 and one at home and 2-3 and three on the road. Points for 260, points allowed 158 for St. Mary's. They are six and three, like I said. Conference five and three, four and one at home and two and two away. Points for 255, points allowed 152. So a quick glance at that, it looks like everything, everything's like super similar when it comes to stats. We look at the points per quarter and this is super close too. St. Marriage does not have any points in the four, four, first or fourth quarter. All their points come in the well I can't say that they don't have any points in the first quarter. I've just seen the average. I don't know why it says zero. We'll just kind of skip over that because that math does not add up. But anyways, St. Mary's averages 28.3 points per game. Punxsutawney averages 26 points per game. So within two points, this could be a really close game just regardless of how the regular season matchup went. If we look at the team stat comparison, Punxsutawney edges out St. Mary's in the rushing yards per game, 209.7 to 146.8. Passing yards per game goes to St. Mary's at 192.8 compared to Punxsutawney's 91.9. Total yards per game goes to St. Mary's 339.6 to 301. Tackles per game also goes to St. Mary's at 64.7 to 58.7. And like I said, with the points per game, 28.3 to 26 even. Some of the team leaders for these two, I know all these guys from Punxsy because our collab team member, Bryce, is always at the Punxsutawney games. So I've been able to get a lot of Good pictures of those guys, but Zeke Bennett right now is leading the rushing yards per game with 143.1 compared to St. Mary's Matthew Davis at 71.4. Passing yards per game goes to St. Mary's Charlie Kudre at 183.7 to Punxsutawney's Seth Moore at 91.4. Total yards per game goes to Zeke Bennett also. 150.3 to Charlie Kudre's 247.1. On the defensive side, Eli Rippey averages 8.3 tackles per game, and Mason Nesbitt averages 7.9 tackles per game. Those are some of the players that we'll need to keep an eye out on this week. Uh, common opponents, 5-2 uh, and two for Punxsutawney, and St. Mary's is 4-3. and three. The common opponents between those two, Bradford, Kane, Central Clarion, Dubois, Carn City, Monotaw, and Brookville. So for on the Punxsutawney side, Punxsutawney was able to beat Bradford, Kane, Dubois, Monotaw, and Brookville. And their two losses came to Central Clarion and Carn City, and their loss to Carn City was only 15-13, so that game was definitely close. For St. Mary's, they were able to beat Bradford, Kane, Dubois, and Monotaw, 
while they lost to Central Clarion, St. Mary's, and Brookville. So those are the common opponents between the two, with St. Mary's holding the 1-0 head-to-head record between those two. And looking at the uh, record breakdowns, like I've probably said way too many times that you probably already remember, St. Mary's 6-3 to Punxsutawney 6-4. St. Mary's is in the league league lead 5-3 to 4-3. Uh, home record 4-1, 4-1 for both teams. Away, St. Mary's is 2-2, while Punxsutawney is 2-3. Well, that game is in Dubois tomorrow night, so it's a neutral site for both of those. And I think Dubois is probably the most central location that you can get for both Punxsutawney and St. Mary's. I think St. Mary's might be a little bit closer, but, well, no, I think Punxsy might be a little bit closer. I'm not really sure on that one, so if you guys check your maps or whatever, I would like to say that they're both super close to the middle, like a great midpoint for those two teams. So that kind of wraps up all the stats. If you were following along and taking notes, you have all the possible statistics that you could need for the District 9 playoffs this week. Uh, all the games are going to be on Friday. Nobody has any idea. I don't. Well, some people might have an idea. I don't have any idea where the semifinal games for the 1A games will be, and I'm not sure where the championship games will be in 2A or 3A. If I had to put a wild guess, I would say that the single A semifinals which would be Red Bank Valley versus the winner of Broadway Cowdersport and Port Allegheny versus the winner of Keystone Union AC Valley. I would predict, I'm going to, if there was a betting line for it, I would bet that Dubois will have the double header games with those two, with those two semifinal games being played at like one and six. I know previous years they have always done that. I can't confirm or deny if they will do that again next week. Personally, I don't know about the players or if they like Saturday games or not. I'm, personally, I would like for them to be on Saturdays so I can go to the games because I've been very limited to going to games myself this year. So I'm hoping I can see those teams. I haven't gotten to see Cowder Sport play. I haven't gotten to see Red Bank play this year. I've only gotten to see Clearfield, Dubois, Brockway, and Port Allegheny play. So I'd like to see I'd like to see one of the Keystone Union game team whoever wins that to play Port Allegheny and I, I would just like it to be on a Saturday. I don't like I said I don't know a few players like Saturday games at all, but personally for my selfish egoist egoistic benefits I would like to see a Saturday game so I can get everyone some nice pictures on semifinal Saturday and two boys. Like I said I don't know if that'll happen or not I'm just speculating but. I'm hoping that's kind of what happens. In 2A, Central Clarion's going to get the winner of Brookville, Carn City. I can't see, I could be wrong on this too, I can't see Central Clarion getting a home championship game in at Clarion U. That game I could see being played at Brockway, especially if it's a Central Clarion versus Brookville game. I could see that being at Brockway. I don't know if it'll be, and I can't see it being in Dubois, but like I said, I could be wrong. But Central Clarion will get the winner of Carn City Brookville and the 3A championship. The last couple of years, it's been played in Brockway. So if I, 
I would I would assume that game might be played in Brockway, especially if it's Clearfield versus Punks or Clearfield versus St. Mary's. I feel like Brockway or Dubois would probably be the best bet. But like I said, I'm no expert with where those games will be played. I could be completely wrong with all of that and probably will end up eating my words on that. But those are just my two cents on that. Hopefully we'll get answers here soon. But that kind of does it for tonight's episode. I want to. I guess I should also shout out to my collab team. The whole collab team right now should be covering all four games that we just went over today. So Allison's going to make the trip to Brockway, and she'll get some pictures of the Brockway Countersport game. The Keystone versus Union AC Valley game is going to be covered by Noah. Carn City versus Brookville at Clarion U will be covered by Madison. And Bryce will be with his Chucks in Dubois for the St. Mary's versus Punksy game in Dubois. So all four of our collab members, collab team members will be out for the playoffs. If you also follow the JB Graphics page, we did add another collab team member, and that is Red Zone Highlights. He made a really cool video, kind of like one of those uh, decision-making things or whatever. So definitely go check out his page. Go check out Red Zone Highlights, please. We added him to the collab team. Uh, let me see if I can get the right handle so I don't mess this up for everyone. If you go on Instagram, it is just red, zone, red underscore zone underscore highlights. Go check out Red Zone Highlights page. The most recent video, it's a, actually a collab video. It was from three days ago. Definitely check that out. It's kind of like the big announcement video that we put together for him joining the collab team. I also made a really cool graphic. Looks like that. You got JB Graphics and Red Zone Highlights on the collab team. Red Zone Highlights will be at the Brockway versus Cowersport game. So those two, those games are going to get two covers with Allison and Red Zone Highlights both being at the game. So, like I said, those two will be at the Broadway Counters Point game. Noah's going to be at Keystone for the Keystone Union AC Valley game. Madison's going to be at Clarion U for the Carn City Brookville game. And Bryce will be at Dubois for the St. Mary's versus Punxsutawney game. So, shout out all my collab team members. Good luck to them. And definitely good luck to everyone who are is participating in the 2022 District 9 playoffs. Follow along at JB Graphics. You, uh, we have some cool game day graphics that are coming your way tomorrow. You don't don't want to miss that. Uh, all the handles are down here. You can check out all of my collab team members' photos on jbgraphics.spugbug.com, Instagram and Twitter at JB underscore graphics, two underscores. Thanks for everyone who tuned in with late night or hashtag late night with JB or hashtag JB after hours. That does it for tonight's episode. Thanks everyone who tuned in. Good luck to everyone in the playoffs. JB is out. <laughs>